2: Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that sometimes smells like honeysuckle. It's Sif it, 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 it. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly. Streaming live most weekends are available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons
1: get perks.
2: Patrons <laughs> get those perks. I'm, well, I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and I'm joined by my co host who gives me a shudder of electricity just to be in the same room with him. It's Andrew Ormsby. Krypton. <laughs> uh, each week we're going to chat about movies, television, whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. Are you doing like a little, like a kind of thing between each? Th- yeah. Okay, I see. I see how it goes. I
1: chose uh, Orbital, I, f- I found it to be, you know, relevant. Yes. Like an astronaut.
2: Yes, yes orbit uh, orbits are very important in one of the movies uh that we're, we'll be talking about today. Not <laughs> not so much in the uh, other one. <laughs> not, no, not so much. Not so much. Uh, I mentioned the electricity of being in the same room with you. We haven't been in the same room in a long time. We continue to uh, social distance for this podcast because we can. Yeah. There's no, you know, there's no rush. We can continue to do this uh, despite the world around us. Uh, at least here in Missouri, they've lifted the the stay at home order, so a lot of a lot more people are getting out and about. Are you finding that too?
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm noticing that the roads are way more. You know, they're you're going back to kind of what they were. We're not back, fully back yet to crazy traffic, but uh, for crazy traffic, you know, indicative of what you'd find in in the Ozarks. Ozarks. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be uh, an interesting, I think we're going to be dealing with the uh, ramifications of this probably forever, but the direct ramifications of this over the next couple years and figuring out what the new normal looks like and... Yeah, it's going to be fascinating for sure. I hope, I really do hope that the, as as I'm sure all of us do, that the COVID thing has you know found its peak in most places. But I I have a a very strong suspicion, despite not being a medical expert, that we're going to see another spike or two. Um, but we'll just we'll just figure it out, right? That's what what you got to do is listen to the experts and figure it out, right? Uh, listening
1: is not one of humanity's strong no.
2: suits. <laughs> no, unfortunately, it is not. Unfortunately, it is not. Uh, well, that's we're, we're not here to do a COVID update. We're here to talk <laughs> about uh, a couple of Sift Shame movies again this week. I kind of like yeah. the, the alternating thing. There is another new movie coming out next week, so maybe we'll do a, a new release uh, next week. Uh, the Lovebirds is coming out, so um, that made its way. I think Netflix pick, uh, picked that up. ...after they decided not to release that in theaters. So maybe we'll review Lovebirds next week, and then maybe we'll do a Sift Shame after that. Maybe we'll kind of go back and forth, as as long as there's something to talk about. We'll have fun talking about it. So Yeah, yeah. all right. Um, So today, though, we're going to do kind of the usual stuff. Of course, we've got some uh, buried treasure that we'll get to at the end. Uh, But we're going to do our Sift Shames. Uh, So... We've got Superman, the movie was yours, correct? You'd never seen that before.
1: Never seen it.
2: And you challenged me to watch Double Indemnity, which yeah. for some reason I always have trouble saying. Double Indemnity. Indem- because you want
1: to say double identity. Yes, exactly.
2: Thank you. Someone understands. Uh, but, uh, but yeah. Which was the theme. <laughs> yeah, true. Sure. Fair enough. Uh, so, so yeah, so we're going to talk about those movies and kind of go into depth before we get into them. I will say again, spoilers will happen. These are older movies. We're not as worried about them. If you haven't seen them and don't want to be spoiled on them, uh, then now is the time to, uh, to take a break and, and come back once you've seen them. But we will, we will not be fearing the spoilers when we're doing our Sif Shames and kind of catching up on the stuff that we've seen. Uh, ready to get into it, Andrew? Yeah, which one do you want to start with? Let's, uh, who's, who's did we start with last time we did this? I can't remember.
1: Yeah, I can't either, because last week we did Bad Education.
2: hmm Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's start with Double Indemnity. Let's start there. Okay. Cool, uh, cool. So, yeah, let's take a look at Double Indemnity. I killed Dietrichson.
0: Me, Walter Neff, insurance agent. 35 years old, unmarried, no visible scars. Until a while ago, that is. Yeah, I killed him. I killed him for money and for a woman. It all began last May. I was thinking about that dame upstairs and the way she had looked at me. And I wanted to see her again, close, without that silly staircase between us. How could I have known that murder can sometimes smell like honeysuckle?
2: In this classic film noir, insurance salesman Walter Neff gets roped into a murderous scheme when he falls for the sensual Phyllis Dietrichson, who is intent on killing her husband and living off the fraudulent accidental death claim. Prompted by the late Mr. Dietrichson's daughter, Lola, insurance investigator Barton Keyes looks into the case and gradually begins to uncover the sinister truth. Gunk 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 uh, oh, no. Double Indemnity was, I believe, 1944. Uh, it was directed and written by the amazing Billy Wilder, who I really oh, yeah. need to go on a Billy Wilder run. There are several of his movies that I need to catch up on. Uh, and uh, let's see, Raymond Chandler, I think, helped write it as well. It was based on a novella. Uh, and it was yeah, classic film noir. Uh, style tale. So I guess it's on my onus to start this one off since I had never seen it. Uh, yeah,
1: what's your uh, what's your excuse?
2: Yeah, my excuse I-, I don't have one really for this other than it's just old and I just never got around to it. It's just one of those that among many that are old enough that I'm just, I've got other things that I decided I want to see before them. Uh, Billy, like I said, Billy Wilder is a huge gaping hole in my film knowledge. I just have not watched, uh, hardly any of his stuff. And I, I realize now what a mistake that is. And I know people have told me before, uh, how smart he is and how great his writing is. And so, yeah, it was, it was one of those things. I just never had, uh, had been able to to go back and see it, so yeah, no excuses.
1: All right. Yep. Well, you know, we've all been there. We all have. It's 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 more easy to understand the uh, the classics mm-hmm. uh, for as a not an excuse, but for a reason for not be having seen such films.
2: So. Yeah, I mean, it came out over thirty years before I was born. Uh, yeah. you know, it's just it's one of those things. Uh, I like Fred McMurray. I'm very familiar with Fred McMurray from a lot of Disney stuff. You know, he did uh, several Disney parts. I'm not familiar with his more earlier serious stuff like this. Uh, Barbara Stanwyck, of course, I know. She's, you know, in this as well. Edward G. Robinson. Those are probably the three main uh, actors. Um, So, yeah, I I think if I had just... I just needed something like this to kind of kick me in the butt and say, go watch this movie. And so I did.
1: Nice. And
2: Um, I loved it Uh, very much loved it. Uh, It will maybe slash probably crack my best movies of all time. It is that good. Uh, It is just astonishingly written. Um, I found myself just just living in the the words of the Neff character. You just you know that whole if you do noir correctly and it doesn't come off as lame or cheesy, which it has a tendency to do sometimes because it's been parodied, parodied so much. It it really is engaging. And add to that the fact that the story is clever and has twists and turns, and yet it's not so complicated that you're ever lost. You know exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, add to that the incredible sexual tension for a film from 1944, Oh yeah. Uh just, way
1: ahead of its time.
2: Just so well written and cow ca- I, I really love the entendre, you know, era of sexual tension when y- you couldn't really say it, so you had to be really clever about how you would say it. And there's something <laughs> I find... This
1: entire film is an entendre. <laughs> yes. yes. Like, every single thing they say is a euphemism or an innuendo. They have this But whole... it's it's so cleverly done and it's it's You can kind of feel, you know, like, okay, yeah, when's the next innuendo or something like that gonna come? Because it is very heavy in that sense, but I never got bored with it. I always found it fascinating, like, oh, what are they gonna do next? What clever little way are they gonna try and, you know, subtly, not so subtly say what they really want?
2: Yeah, well, let's get into your experience. When was the first time you saw Double Indemnity?
1: It's crazy, because I remember, like, it was yesterday. You remember how I told you um, my grandma raised me on the classic movies mm-hmm. and stuff like that? Yeah, right? we yeah. talked
2: We talked about that in the uh, the Cif Pop member show. Um, yeah. So if you're a Sif Pop member, you'll hear that conversation.
1: Yeah. Well, she didn't show me this one, so I watched it yesterday for the first time.
2: Oh, we both needed to catch up on this one. Nice. Yeah. Did I know that? Did I know this was on your list as well? You did not. Okay. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. Very nice. Well, little- I figured I figured it'd be a two birds, you know, you get to see a movie and then I get to see a movie. So <laughs> you got you gotta knock two off your list this week. Uh yeah. what, what did you think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay?
1: <laughs> I loved it, man. It's, it's so, so good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh for me, yes, uh Fred McMurray is great, but honestly, I think the best performance in this movie is Edward G. Robinson, man. He's, yeah. he's working on a new level. Yes. For me. i'm like oh i love that keys character so much
2: yeah i'm just struck by how powerful keys and neff's relationship is too and even though it's it's all subtle and underneath the surface this movie ends with one of the most beautiful lines ever I love you too. Yeah. And but it's it's one of those things where just the way it's couched is like you know why you didn't see it because uh it was too close to you. It was uh you know sitting right across the desk from you and then Key says maybe even closer than that. And yeah. it's just such a beautiful way to say that. Such a beautiful way to say that my love for you as a fellow human blinded me a little bit to What you were doing and to the situation. I I just, I I found their relationship beautiful. I I really liked that part of the movie.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, For me, uh, the movie boils down like, you know how we always talk about doing tension right in a movie? I think the scene with uh, Porter Hall's character, Mr. Jackson, being in the room uh, with Keys and Jeff. You know, to be interviewed about what he saw on the back end of the, yes. the caboose of the train. Mm-hmm. And how Neff is just standing in between them, like, in the background, and he's not moving a muscle. Because he's like, I think he has that mentality of, if I don't move, he can't see me, you know? <laughs> right. Like, I don't want to draw any attention to myself at all. Yeah. And hopefully I can just go as long as I can without him noticing me. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty fascinating stuff. Um, that's the scene. No, that's a different scene. There was one scene in this movie. I guess I'll get into pretty much my only negative, which is some of the surrounding cast is pretty bad on occasion. Um, mainly one person. I don't remember the who the actor is specifically, but it was when when they went to like the head guy of the insurance thing, and he was oh, just yeah. so bad. And I was just like, Norton oh. Was- some somebody's come yeah, from Mr. a different Norton was, yeah, it's like uh, somebody's come from a different school of acting <laughs> it doesn't feel quite a home in this, uh so yeah that was that kind of took me out of it a little bit, but even the Fred McMurray stuff where he's calling her baby all the time, and obviously you know the world has changed since since then and and certainly a lot of the sexual politics of this would be seen very differently now this would be written very differently. But uh, But all that stuff, he just sold it. You know, Fred McMurray just you, you really believed that he was uh, f- you know, falling for her so hard and so fast and so intensely that he would do this for her. And I just I don't know, I thought the performances overall were great, even if some of the surrounding performances were uh, a little bit, um, I don't know, not, not so believable.: Yeah. But other than that, so, I don't uh, much to say.
1: Do you, uh, do you think that uh, Mrs. Dietrich... Uh, I'll just call her Phyllis from now on. It's easier. Do you think Phyllis uh killed the original wife?
2: Oh, yes. I I think okay. the movie says that pretty clearly. Yeah, I think okay. pretty clearly Well, it, doesn't, a,
1: it doesn't, you know, c- concretely say no, it. No,
2: no. But I think it leads us to that water and wants us to drink. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's... Well, does does it concretely? Does she admit to it to him before she shoots him? I can't remember now. I can't either. I, she may actually admit to it. Either way, the I don't think the movie is vague on that point. I, I think that the movie has a point of view, whether it says it explicitly or not.
1: Yeah, but I will say that uh, that realization, whenever Lola uh, is talking to uh, Fred or Neff, I mean, mm-hmm. and she uh, she brings that up, and I just go. I Honestly didn't see that coming. I was like, "Oh, whoa." That's why she wasn't uh taken, you know, aback or, you know, uh freaked out by the the murder of Mr. Dietrich.
2: Right. Because yeah. he
1: even uh, in the narrative he even says like she was uh, she was cold like uh, I was afraid that I'd have to, you know, calm her down on the drive back home, but no, she was composed and everything and you're like Oh, so that's why it's because she, she'd been down this road before.
2: What did you think of the framing device of starting with him having already been shot and recording into the... What do they call those even? Dictaphones? Phonographs? I don't even remember. The old school... Yeah, uh, you the know,
1: old school tape recorder. Yeah,
2: basically. Yeah. So that he was basically... The movie was his confession... Uh, how did yeah. you think that worked?
1: I liked it. Uh, I uh, I don't think it uh, would have spoiled anything for me because with the with knowing the plot of this movie, you have to know that they're going to get their comeuppance. So seeing uh, that side of it, uh, you know, like you start from you know pretty much the end, and then you work away back to that end. I think is actually kind of ahead of its time. I think that, you know, you can look at like Tarantino and be like, oh, so maybe that's where he got some of his ideas for, you know, a nonlinear film.
2: hmm. Yeah, I, I, I like it, too. I just wasn't sure. It's hard to know because you can only see it one way and the way it's done works. And then there's that other part of my brain was like, would I have been more? invested or tense if i didn't know for sure that he was somehow injured at the end and had done this Mm -hmm. and i i'm just not a hundred percent sure but i do know it works as is so that's to the movie's credit uh i think at the at the end of the day that works for the movie uh, to be able to yeah. do it that way.
1: Um, Get any negatives besides the Mr.
2: Norton? <laughs> not really. Not really. I loved it so much. Uh, I, I really do want to go back and watch it. I actually pulled up the dialogue from my favorite uh, entrand- entendre scene after we talked about that. Uh, and it's the one, uh, the first time they meet in his apartment, and he's talking about, you know her husband and he kind of sidles up to her and she says there's a speed limit in this state mr neff 45 miles an hour that scene how fast was i going is yeah and he he says how fast was i going officer and she says oh i'd say around 90 (laughs) he says suppose you get down off your motorcycle and give me a ticket and she says suppose i let you off with a warning this time he says, "Suppose it doesn't Suppose take." It doesn't take. Yeah. yeah. Suppose I have to whack you over the knuckles, and then he says, "Suppose I bust out crying and put my head on your shoulder," and she says, "Suppose you're putting it on my husband's shoulder," <laughs> and he says, "That tears it." That just that whole scene. I was just like that. That that tears it line just yeah. was so great because that's not something. At least I hear people say when something's over, like that tears it. But yeah. you know, like that finishes. You're the conversation. gonna start using it now, aren't you? It's such a great thing. It's just like, well, that tears it. I don't know. Yeah. I like it. So it, it sounds kind of British in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh,
1: that tears it.
2: Uh, yeah. Same chair, same perfume, same anklet. Uh, just there's so much in this movie that the dialogue just crackles. Uh, in that way, and it's right from the beginning when she walks out in a towel at the top of the stairs from sunbathing oh, yeah. or or whatever, and. He says something about you know uh wanting to make sure she's covered uh yeah, you know, and he's talking insurance, but he's not talking insurance uh yeah. so yeah, the whole thing is like that, and it's just it's just so well done Billy Wilder really was very smart, and I loved it
1: oh yeah, great film,
2: yeah, huge 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 recommend, I know it was eighty years ago almost um that this came out, uh but it is just an astonishing piece of work so a big recommend if you're looking to knock something off your classics list Uh, oh yeah double indemnity is the movie Uh, ready to move on to yours yeah let's do it all right let's talk about superman the movie
0: once there was a civilization much like ours but with a greater intelligence greater powers and a greater capacity for good in one tragic moment that world was destroyed But there was one survivor. His name is Kal-El. He will call himself Clark Kent. But the world will know him as Superman.
2: Just before the destruction of planet Krypton, scientist Jor-El... Krypton, sorry, yes, of course, Krypton. <laughs> Just before the des- destruction of the planet Krypton, scientist Jor-El sends his infant son Kal-El on a spaceship to Earth. Raised by kindly farmers Jonathan and Martha Kent, young Clark discovers the source of his superhuman powers and moves to Metropolis to fight evil. As Superman, he battles the villainous Lex Luthor, while as novice reporter Clark Kent, he attempts to woo co-worker Lois lane yeah that's the classic superman story uh this was 1978 um and really kind of launched the modern idea of what superhero movies could be of taking comic books and doing it in this way um not a lot had been done with comic book characters before this movie uh so obviously superman has been reincarnated several times this was a donner film i think wasn't it richard donner yeah. Uh, directed this uh, Clark Ken, of course, played the, by the amazing Christopher Reeves. Uh, Margot Kidder was Lois Lane. Brando stepping in as Jor El. Gene Hackman as Lex Luthor, Luther. Uh, Terrence Stamp in Terrence there. Terrence Stamp a hot with a second. really
1: quick General
2: Zod cameo, <laughs> right? Yeah, uh, well,
1: setting up the sequels and stuff, right? So. Right.
2: Uh, so yeah, lots of uh, lots of interesting stuff going on here. Uh, before we get to your Result, Andrew, uh, explain yourself. How did you never see Superman?
1: Well, everybody knows that I'm the DC guy, right? Yeah. And so whenever they hear, I haven't seen the original Superman, it's kind of, they get taken aback, like, how can you call yourself the DC guy and not seeing the original Superman? Well, it's simple, really. I don't like Superman. (laughs) I don't. You you don't like
2: truth, justice in the American way?
1: Yes, exactly. No, uh, I, I understand the, the need for Superman, the, uh, the actual, the concept of Superman. Right. Like, something for all of the other superheroes to strive to be, you know? Right. I understand that aspect and his necessity in that realm. But when I hear people say that they like that Superman is their favorite superhero... I'm I'm kind of dumbfounded by that. Like I think it's a cop out because yeah he's he's the best, but like statistically he's the best. But I I think it's just cheap to really love a character that has no flaws. I think that flaws within a superhero are what not only humanize them, but you know you can kind of root for them to try and fight their own demons as they try and fight ours, you know.
2: Mhm. Yeah, and so, there's the there's the added thing too of Superman which is he's not one of us. So it's not it's it's not even that one of us manages to make all the right decisions and and do the right things and, you know, be truth justice in the American way. It's that uh, an outsider comes in and is able to show us you know what it what it's like to live this way. It's it's actually very much a Jesus Christ story. That's super Oh, very f- much. Feels Brando, very much,
1: yeah, yeah, Brando sending his only begotten son. This is yeah. a Jesus story. Yeah, yeah. For yeah sure. It's 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 always been a very religious story. But I, I think that uh, uh, the superhero, like the action comics, no pun intended, uh, f- stylization of like a hero coming to us from another planet has you know evolved since then you got like Martian manhunter Jean Jean uh, mm-hmm. you know but he has flaws and stuff you know there's he has demons that he has to fight he's not he's not saying that he's better than us uh, morally or anything like that. Uh, so I understand the need for a Superman, but I just don't understand the love for Superman. Like, whenever... Okay, Here, here's another way I can put it. Like, Whenever I'm watching, like, My Hero Academia, uh, All Might is very much a Superman, you know? He mm-hmm. is the perfect being, you know? Uh, if you watch One Punch Man, Saitama is the perfect being. But I don't watch the show to see All Might and Saitama. I'm watching for all the other heroes in those shows, you know? For their struggles, you know, and their... Uh, perseverance and stuff like that. Right. So that's my long-winded reason for not having seen the original Christopher Reeve Superman.
2: Sure. Well, now that you've seen it, seen it, what do you think? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or was it just okay?
1: Uh, it's it's oh oh high side of okay, low side of liked it.
2: Okay. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I'm excited to talk about it. it. Uh, my experience with this movie is it was very popular when I was growing up. Um yeah. and. So it was definitely one of the things that we had recorded back in the day off of TV on a VHS. I may have mentioned before that my grandpa worked at RCA, so we had a a VHS recorder uh, quite a bit before most people did.
1: You fancy boy. Yeah,
2: um, just because he had access to those things and so um and that's not to say he stole them it's just that when you worked at the company you could get them cheaper anyhow
1: i I didn't assume that's what you meant
2: we had a vcr that quote-unquote fell off the truck uh no uh so so i kind of grew up watching this occasionally and did you also
1: have a dedicated uh vcr or a vhs rewinder
2: oh like a person that would go push we push rewind
1: no, uh there was also a a, a dedicated uh a tape oh, rewinder. Oh,
2: a tape rewinder. We did have one of those uh eventually. Those this came a little bit later. Yeah. But uh growing rewound,
1: up to, rewound them really fast.
2: Exactly. Um yeah. we just we just wanted to be kind. So we would rewind. Be
1: kind to rewind.
2: And we so probably early 80s as I'm in my you know uh primary you know, young child mode, six, ages six to 10 kind of thing. I watched this a lot and just kind of like the superhero aspect of it. I thought it was funny. Um, There were certainly things that flew over my head, uh, pun intended. Uh, So, so yeah, so I just had that experience with it, which is a very normal experience for somebody my age with this movie And I had not revisited it in a long time. Uh, Watched it uh, yesterday uh, for the first time in a long time. And I should ask you this. Did you watch the uh, three-hour and eight-minute version or the two-hour and 25-minute version?
1: Uh, I watched the... I think I watched the two-hour, 20-minute version. Okay,
2: okay. So here's what's interesting. Growing up, I watched the three-hour version because for whatever reason... Back then, when they would release to TV, they would include all these extended scenes so that they could charge advertisers more. So, they would make it longer. And so, that's become known as the extended edition. And it was the official edition released on Blu-ray, I think. The first time it came out on Blu-ray was the three-hour and eight-minute version. And the, it's, not, it's not the best version. It's really just stuff goes on way too long. The, the um, musical cues don't quite match up on some of the stuff. But that is the version I grew up on and remember enjoying. I don't know if I've ever seen the shortened version. Uh, and maybe that's something I should seek out. But watching it again yesterday, I am firmly, firmly in the disliked it uh, category maybe even low disliked it i think this movie is awful
1: <laughs> well i i struggle okay there's there's things about this movie that i like the main thing is i think that christopher reeves is the epitome of superman he's great yes 100 yeah. percent. that definitely goes like, in the win column yeah, he is everything, like, everything that you think Superman should stand for, this guy embodies, you know? Uh, even his Clark Kent is a bumbling buffoon. Oh, real quick, I know this is a, a a little weird side note. Is this where the stupid Lois Lane can't spell gimmick comes from?
2: Because <laughs> I don't know if it comes from here or somewhere else, but it certainly is here.
1: Oh my god, I've hated that forever! It drove me crazy, like... She is a very like respected reporter from a incredibly respected, like probably the most respected journal uh, journalistic uh, pr- uh, property, right? And she can't spell
2: well. And, and we're once again, you know, we're going back fifty years or whatever, and the sexual politics definitely don't hold up. It definitely wouldn't have been written that way today. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 interesting to look at.
1: Yeah. Um. I tried to give this uh, movie as much credit as I could mm-hmm. so that that keeps it, you know, in the okay, you know, category. I will say uh, the uh,
2: effects age terribly. They're kind of cool though like I mean for the time they actually did some some decent stuff. The miniatures are are decent. They, I mean they don't hold up. You're absolutely right. I just don't know that I would put that completely in the negative column. That is one I would give a little grace to just because of when it happened. But um, Yeah,
1: I, I know. But I'm, I'm talking not the miniatures. I think the miniatures are fine. I'm talking more about uh, young Clark Kent running alongside the train. Looks so bad. <laughs> it looks so bad. Uh, yeah. uh, there were some parts of the movie. Oh, and probably the worst... Uh, the worst uh, representation of physics in this movie oh my goodness. has to be... Uh, you know what I'm going to say, don't you?
2: Well, there's so much, but the end of this movie is complete and utter nonsense ridiculousness, and it's just like, how many different ways can you make no sense? It's like the movie is trying to yeah. break the record for amount of times that this makes no sense.
1: Yeah. I mean, it it was a cool concept of, you know... Is it, though? Going... Yeah, uh, but... <laughs> Well, okay, it, it, it's taking the, uh, if you fly a certain direction, you're, you're kind of uh, going against time. So you can like set a stopwatch on one plane and set a stopwatch on
2: another plane. Yeah, but and, that's uh, not about direction. That's about speed. That's the thing that makes no sense about this. That has nothing to do with direction.
1: Yeah. Oh well, he's going insanely fast.
2: Well, I know, but he's also reversing the the rotation of the Earth. That would not yeah. turn back time. That would kill everyone instantly.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because the core would stop and all that horribleness. All right, I'm gonna go. But, off. Uh, I
2: gotta go off just for a second. Plus, yeah, yeah. Plus, there's the him re like resealing the Andreas fault. Oh my gosh! That I hated that so much
1: because it's not like he uh, he he was just flying down there and he started pushing up on it. Right. And not only did the uh that like the one little spot that he started to push go back up, the entire thing just floats back up because
2: that's how how it works. And it reversed the destruction of the homes somehow when he did that you know and that that wasn't a time thing that was just somehow he he studied it all the homes you know reversed and, and got themselves whole uh, there's also the aspect of the turning back time to save Lois but it would have but also not unchanged the millions of people who died yes well and it would have but it would have changed it either changed all the things and you're back to where you started and have to save all the people you didn't save before. Uh, you know, or how does it just change that one thing? Like it's just uh, this movie, man. It just like had no yeah. concern with making sense, especially towards the end.
1: Yeah. Oh, and then you have the Superman and Lois, uh, the moonlight flight, where he can hold her by her <laughs> fingertips, and she can it. Yeah, that's that's how physics work.
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's like almost like he's transferring the superpower of flight to her by touch or yeah. something. It's yeah, it's very strange, very strange. And the fact that he would—and this is going a little bit deeper—but and isn't has nothing to do with physics. Just that he would lay out his weaknesses in a newspaper article. <laughs> he'd be like, oh, "Here, oh, yeah. let me tell you about all the things that could, you know, affect me. I can't see through. There's lead. a difference
1: between not lying and just, yeah. you know, not." Talking.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyhow, I just had to go off on some of that stuff, because it is the most rig- ridiculous stuff ever. Um.
1: Uh, respect to Gene Hackman as an actor. He is a terrible... And I don't know if this is him or just the writing. That is an awful, awful... I can't... There has not been a good Lex Luthor on the big screen. hmm There's like, the animated films have done a good Lex Luthor, but... I hated Jesse Eisenberg, and I hate Gene Hackman too.
2: Yeah, I like. Uh, I really like. I can't remember the actor's name, but I really liked the the Lex in uh, Smallville. Did you watch Smallville?
1: Oh, uh, the uh, man,
2: uh, Michael Rosenbaum. Because I know. Yeah, Rosenbaum. Yeah, yeah. That that's one of my favorite Lexes, but um, but anyhow. Yeah, you know, you're right. You're right. I, I all respect to Hackman, but he's he's not great here. He's kind of funny. I thought it was weird that he they insinuated he was bald by having a bunch of wigs around, but we never really see him bald. Um, it,
1: until the very end.
2: Yeah, yeah, until the end.
1: Like, why, why, why bother? Yeah. Uh, and yet Ned Beatty being the bumbling oaf.
2: Oh my goodness.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it, it seemed very much whenever you had like the Ned Beatty and the Brando trying to you know fix the missile or anything. It, it seemed, let's let's play dress up, let's play dress up, and yeah, uh, yeah, it became know, very be-
2: became very Three Stooges in those moments and yeah. over the top ridiculous. And mm-hmm, I agree. I agree. Uh,
1: Brando, great actor. I think that he's way too egotistical to where he can be like, nope. I'm going to pronounce things how I want to pronounce them.
2: <laughs> hey, how long was that uh, opening destruction of Krypton uh, in in the version that you watched?
1: Oh gosh, it had to have been thirty ish minutes. Okay. It was
2: forever. Okay, yeah, it was in mine too. So maybe that's just yeah. maybe that's just what it is. Um But but yeah, I just I, I remember getting like, okay. This is an in, this is a movie that wants to show us everything about this origin story and because of that everything feels drawn out. You know, the 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 Krypton stuff feels drawn out, the Smallville stuff feels drawn out. It just it all feels like it takes too long. But again, it may just be that 3-hour version that I'm watching. Well, even
1: know. in the one that I watched, it was an hour before we see Superman. Yeah. Like where he goes to Antarctica and uh This movie didn't explain at all how the Fortress of Solitude ended up on Earth. Right. Okay, I'm going to say it here and now. I like Man of Steel more than
2: I like this Superman movie. Oh, for sure. That is not even a hard thing for me to say. That's 100% for sure. But I kind of like Man of Steel. I do too. Um,
1: Because there's no, like, uh, looming, like, well, how did that happen or how did this happen? I think that... uh, From a uh, character standpoint, I think Christopher Reeves understood the character more than uh, uh, Henry Cavill. But uh, Mm -hmm. I think that uh, General Zod was way more fleshed out of a villain to where you understood his motives. Because everything was for his people. Even in the two seconds I saw saw Terrence Stamp in this, I'm like, he just just had a, You will bow down to me, all your heirs will bow down to me too. (laughs) hmm. And uh, yeah, but no. Uh, yeah, it's just it's a mess of a movie, but I'm I try to give it as much grace as I can for the era and the effect it had on the comic book genre. But I don't think it's a good film.
2: It's not. It really isn't. And I know there's a lot of nostalgia attached to this. I have a lot of nostalgia for this. This currently has a ninety four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That is ridiculous. Wow. Um, and this is a movie that benefits from its um, just its its nostalgia and just kind of that it was the first superhero movie. I. It's just. It's not great. I. I i cannot I cannot go back and watch this uh, like I did yesterday and just and just say it's a good movie. The performances are great. It's just the story they're in, or some of the performances are great, I should say. Some of them are over the top and ridiculous, uh, like Lex's you know bumbling idiot cohorts. And he says a line at one point about, you know, why did why are the people around him always so stupid? I'm like, yeah, exactly. If yeah, you, you hired him. You're, yeah, that's on you, man. <laughs> like, that, that is that is a fault of the movie. If Lex Luthor is a genius, why are these people here? And why do they continue to, to mess him up? And why does he continue to yell her name? Um, like, you know, he's, I don't know. Anyways, uh, so uh, I don't know where I was going with that. Other than to say, yes, there is some talent here. But it's not a good movie. It just really is not. And uh, and I, I don't understand someone who would watch it today and go, oh, man, that what a great story. It's just, I don't know. It's it's just not great. I will say we haven't yeah. talked about my favorite thing about the movie. That? Uh, and that is the score. Uh, John Williams. Is oh, oh just, John
1: Williams. You know, you, that's a given. You, whenever you hear his name, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be in for a treat.
2: I mean, that theme. It's just it's so beautiful and so incredible, so, so that's my favorite. Yeah, nice. Anything else you want to mention about Superman, nineteen seventy eight? No post-credit scene. <laughs> Are you sure? I, I didn't stay through the credits. Yeah. Oh,
1: also, Double Indemnity, no post-credit scene. <laughs>
2: that's that's funny. In fact, it's just it's it's made back in the time where it was just like the end, and then boom, it's done because they do all yeah. the credits at the beginning. Yeah, which so, I kind of liked. I don't know. I no, I like that they shifted the the credits to the end. Um, then you can kind of just get into the story. But um, but anyhow, we, we don't have to get into uh, what movies put at the beginning of movies discussion. Um, all right. Well, that, that'll do it. Uh, should we pick a Sif Shame for the next time? Why don't we do that? Yes. Before we get into picking our Sif Shame, I do want to thank our Sif Pop members, as mentioned, uh, we recorded a bonus podcast for Sifpop members about our favorite movies before we were born, as well as kind of how we experienced the movies, who introduced us to movies before uh, we were born and how that kind of happened. So, uh, yeah, had a fun conversation on that. Would love for you to listen to it. It's there. Uh, they're available for all SifPop pop members uh, support starts at three dollars a month comes with some other uh, perks as well you can check it all out at patreon patreon.com slash sift patreon.com slash sift pop thank you so much by the way for keeping SifPop uh running uh during these times we know it's there's a lot going on for you as well and i should mention as we usually do uh if helping out SifPop pop anyway hinders you personally please wait please don't do it um but if you want to again it's at patreon.com/siftpop. All right, let's uh, let's pick sift Shames for the next time, Andrew. Let me pull those okay. up. You so, got to weigh your you got to weigh your leaning.
1: Yeah. Uh, I have one that I think would be a lot of fun for you to watch and I'd be interested to see how you could uh, tie this into anything I haven't seen.
2: <laughs> okay. Yeah, we didn't really well, have you know, a theme for this one. I mean, what what would the theme have been? Like, um, I can't I can't think of other than you know.
1: Well, uh, the reason I chose double identity is because indemnity, uh, indemnity, yeah. But it also kind of works because you know uh, Nef uh, portrays Mister Dietrich on the train, so that's kind of a double identity.
2: Ah. I but I hadn't see. seen
1: the movie and I didn't know that so I was just going on a play of words. Yeah, uh, but for this one, how about you go get your guard on? Ooh with the treasure of Sierra Madre
2: Okay, all right, I can dig that. Treasure of Sierra Madre um i I don't I mean I don't know really much about that movie. Um, treasure of Sierra Madre. Uh, let's do movies with uh with longer titles. <laughs> uh, okay. And you're gonna watch uh, Sweeney Todd, uh, The Demon Barber of Fleet Street. The uh. The Tim Johnny Burton Depp one. Yeah, Tim Burton, John. Uh, Depp.
1: that's a musical, isn't it?
2: <laughs> sure is, buddy.
1: Uh, all right. <laughs> I'll uh, let you watch. <laughs> you get to watch the good movie. Yay! <laughs> you don't know
2: that. You've never seen it. You haven't seen. Yes, it. I have. I've seen the Treasure of Sierra no, Madre. You, I'm saying you don't know that Sweeney Todd is bad. You oh, can't. okay. You haven't seen it yet. <laughs>
1: okay. Uh, fair enough.
2: <laughs> all right. Um, we will. We will do that. Uh, and then, unless you want to knock a, a different uh, a Tim Burton movie off, would you rather do Edward Scissorhands? Even though it's not, you know, a super long title.
1: Which is the shorter movie? <laughs> <laughs> all right. you just know becau- I don't like Tim Burton.
2: Just, just uh, just becau- no, let's, uh, let's go with uh, Sweeney Todd. All right, let's do Sweeney Todd then. And that'll be for the next time we do our Sif Shame. As mentioned, we'll probably be doing um, The Lovebirds uh, next week. Uh, Camille Nanjiani. Oh, yes. Uh, and uh, Issa Rae's uh, new movie that should be on Netflix. Uh, all right, let's finish up with our Buried Treasure. You want me to go first, Andrew? Go ahead, my friend. I am excited to tell everyone in the world uh, how fun this is and how, much, uh, how m- much lulls we had. My wife and I watched uh, Middle Ditch and Schwartz on Netflix. And if you don't know what this is, it's Thomas Middle and Ben Schwartz. Uh, and they, for many years, have done long-form improv comedy storytelling for audiences, and Netflix filmed three of their shows, and those three shows, they're each about an hour long, are on Netflix, and it's just called Middle Middle Ditch and Shorts, and I haven't laughed this hard in maybe a decade. Uh, It is that funny, that great, and now granted, understand, I love improv. I think improv is one of the most uh, genius forms of storytelling because you're really watching talented people make it up as they go. And Schwartz and Middle Ditch are so good at it and they're so good with each other and they understand how to tell a story that makes you laugh while at the same time being self aware enough to know, you know, how improv works. So, high, high recommend. It is definitely, uh, uh, you know, it's not, it's not. It's TVMA. They, you know, they use all the language that they would normally use in their real life and talk about things that they would. But it's, you know, it's it's just a stage show. So Middle Ditch and Schwartz. It's hilarious. Uh, I think you would love it.
1: Very cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go with a anthology book of short stories, uh, of one of which my friend. Forever, Trevor Brown is an author of one of these stories. Oh nice. Yeah. Uh it's a uh horror uh anthology called The Hollow, and volume three is the one that uh he is in. His book is called Short Sale. I haven't read all of the uh stories yet because well, it's eight thousand pages long, and that's not an exaggeration. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So uh so I found his and I read it and it's very well done. So and I'm not just saying that because he's my oldest friend. It's very well done and it's interest. And I'm glad to see that this isn't just a uh, a book of you know scary ooh vampires and stuff like that. There's psychological uh, horror in this, which I think is always one of the most fascinating, questioning your reality and stuff like that. Um, I thought it was very well done. And uh, some of the others that I've read too are really really good uh it's uh you can get it on amazon or you, like a for a what what is that uh service called that they have on amazon uh amazon prime uh, kindle kindle oh, yeah kindle yeah uh but you could also buy like a paperback version of it uh, yeah very good i would recommend it the hollow volume three
2: what should the, I, I'm doing some search just to kind of see it here and I'm not, I'm not able to find it. So what should somebody search for on Amazon to find it? Volume because, three. because when I type in the hollow volume three, I get hollow fields volume three. Mm. Um, and that's really all I see. I don't see, I don't see anything else. So I'm just curious uh, because some people might want to check it out, might want to go um, yeah. go uh, buy it. So I just, just want to make sure.
1: This. Okay, yeah, here you go. If you type in The Hollow Volume 3, Where All Things Evil Lie.
2: Okay, The Hollow Volume 3, Where All Things Evil Lie. All right, yeah, that brings it up. That brings it up. Um, Well, there you go. In case you're interested in it, uh, short story anthology, The The Hollow Where All Things Evil Lie, Volume 3, um, from Breaking Rules Publishing, in case you want to know uh, where to get that. So, very nice. Very cool. Hey, your friend that uh, wrote in it, has he written other things as well?
1: Uh, This is his uh, debut, I guess you could say. Okay. But he has other stuff uh, on the horizon,
2: nice that's always fun that's always fun when yep. that kind of stuff can happen well we did it man we did another podcast yeah we did Woo-hoo. Woo. <laughs> I'm so happy um, I know we, we, we do it
1: every week but it's a pleasure every time we
2: didn't even have to throw anybody off the back of a train you know just, No, just, <laughs> Superman would have saved him anyway <laughs> that's right Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out once again. Thank you, buddy. Huge thanks to producer Phil for producing the show. Thanks, Phil. Much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Support starts at 3 bucks a month, and you get access to every bonus episode as well as some other fun perks if you want to know more. Uh, or sport and be a member you can do that at patreon patreon.com slash siftpop patreon.com slash siftpop uh, lots of ways to connect with us uh, feel free to comment rate leave a review at whatever podcast player that you use uh, if you want to have an email you want to send maybe suggestions questions for us whatever the case may be that goes to feedback at siftpop.com And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show, too, so make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than reprogramming standard government-issue missiles. Uh, (laughs) We will be back next week, and I think we'll be reviewing The Lovebirds. So
0: we'll see you then. Bye.